Welcome to Backroom Talk. Okay, Casey. Um... I think with COVID, online training kind of had its moment. You know, we've known about it for the last few years, but a lot of other people didn't take it seriously. And that was a huge validator. I don't think, you know, the rise of Peloton and Apple Fitness Plus and these other streaming services, I don't, I don't think trainers and coaches really have to worry too much about those. You know, it serves a different type of customer, a different market. If anything, I think it'll only get more people into fitness. To listen to more Backroom Talk, be sure to subscribe. Learn to design personalized programs with the OPEX system of coaching by heading to opexfit.com. It'd be great just to hear from you a little bit about what was your role at True Coach, and uh, then we'll get into some of the minutia around that. You know, I feel like my role changed every every three to six months. Um, you know, obviously my role when I first started the company, when it was just me kind of solo for the first year, was very, very different uh, from what it looked like the last six months kind of post, post acquisition. Um, and along the way, every three to six months, I felt like my job changed. I needed to evolve and uh, figure out how to make, you know, the next next step in the, in the evolution work. Carl, I'm sure you're going through that now with uh, your new role as, yeah. as CEO. And uh, yeah, different um, points of your evolution and journey um, require different skill sets and uh, um, a lot of growth. Yeah, t- take us take us back to uh, w- when did you start Fitbot, man? Was that 2015 or 2016? January 2015. Yeah. So I was a client, a remote client, back in 2012, when it was James, Max, James Taylor, and. I think maybe Matt Bryant was around and you know a few of the other OGs and uh yeah started as a remote client um you know we were doing everything through email and I felt for every minute I spent working out I was spending another minute just trying to gather my results and notes and video and get them back to back to my coach and uh figured there had to be a better way after doing that for a little while Got, uh, got sick of it enough and talked with a lot of other coaches and I found a lot of pen and paper, email and spreadsheets and just trying to mishmatch a hodgepodge of services together, try to get their jobs done. And uh, yeah, saw an opportunity and, you know, wanted to, uh, I guess, scratch scratch that itch of the pain point that I was experiencing myself and uh, try and help, uh, help trainers and coaches and gym owners um, I think it's a super important industry, super important profession that um, is underserved and under, undervalued. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, the industry is kind of set up, I feel, to churn and burn them out. Um, I don't know the exact statistic, but the majority churn out after your, before their first year. So I uh, hope that I've been able to put a positive dent in that over the last uh Geez, almost six years. Um, yeah, very excited uh, to uh, see where the industry is going. What what made you what made you think you were capable of building that thing, man? Like, what was it? Something in your background? 
Do you have develop development background? Like what, what was it? Yeah. So I was, uh, I had an interesting background. Um, you know, it was computer science degree, got a job as a web developer after college. Um, they kind of got bored of that. My now, my girl, then girlfriend, now wife was a personal trainer. She got me into, she was into CrossFit. She got me into CrossFit back in 2009. And at the end of 2010, she asked me if I wanted to open a gym and, uh, jumped all over that opportunity. Uh, learned a ton about, uh, about the fitness industry then. So I was kind of able to, you know, combine two of my big passions, fitness and, and technology and software and uh, merge them together to, to form this business. What and it's been a been an awesome ride. What was the process of building that thing uh, initially like? Yeah, so the first month, I didn't write a single line of code. I just tried to talk to as many coaches as possible and pick their brains and really learn about, you know, what the true pain point was. You know, I wasn't a coach. So, I mean, well, I wasn't a coach kind of more on the sidelines with our, with our CrossFit affiliate. Um, you know, so I saw some, but, you know, I really needed to pick the brains of the people that were in the trenches doing it every single day. Um, and you know, definitely saw some common themes develop after, after talking with them. Um, so yeah, first month was just talking, talking to, to coaches. And then after that, kind of got to work and went heads down for, for a little while just uh, to get the product far enough along to beta. Um, got to a beta that summer and uh, started getting coaches in actually using the product and continued the theme of talking with, with coaches throughout that. Um, you know, and use a lot of that early feedback to continue to guide the, the evolution of the product. So it's a lot of hard work, a lot of talking to customers. Yeah, man, that's that's what I think about when I think back to you know when Fitbot first uh, first got going, and I think I mentioned this to you in our call a couple of weeks ago. But I was like, man, how the fuck did you answer every single question? Because I remember being like, I'd be at my computer at like ten o'clock at night, and I'm first rolling with this yeah. Fitbot thing, and it's like chat with support. So I like pull up the chat box, and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And it's like Casey's face comes up and he's answering questions 30 seconds later. And no matter what time it was, it was like 30 seconds after I chatted, Casey was answering questions. How much, how many hours a day did you work to, to get this thing going, man? Too many, a lot. Um, you know, there were a lot of late nights for sure, but it didn't feel like work. And it felt like I had an extra little battery pack that on me that, that, that kept me going. Now that wasn't sustainable long-term past, uh, you know, the first geez, probably two years or so. Um, but yeah, I think that my average response time on, on new chats that came in was like two minutes, which today for, you know, we have a whole team now it's, it's, you know, obviously a, you know, a little bit, it's still really low. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it, it's, it's a little higher now because people, most of our team works normal hours. <laughs> they shut it off, you know, after five, 6 PM or so. Um, and they bust their ass. They work really hard and they're amazing. They can do a better job than, than I ever have. But, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of long hours. Um, definitely missed a little bit of sleep. I know it affected health. I have the, the lab work, the blood work to, to show that. 
Um, so it definitely took a, took a little hit kind of health wise, but, um, yeah, I, I, I love doing it. It didn't feel like work and I've been very lucky, you know, the last almost six years, um, you know, Mondays, you know, for a long time was Mondays were my favorite day of the week. Always woke up super excited to, to get to work. And I think that's, that's very special. And, um, yeah, I hope. I hope as many people as possible get to get to feel that. I mean, I think we take it for granted that True Coach is just where you go now if you want to deliver programming online. Um, and you guys are a huge name in the fitness industry uh, and where coaches would default and go to. But obviously, it hasn't always been the case. And Fitbot, you started with a small group of coaches that grew over time. How did you get? coaches in there, uh, especially in those early years and really raise awareness around what you guys were doing. Yeah. So at the early, in the early, early days, it was through the network that I had built up through the five years of running our CrossFit affiliate. Um, so got a very, you know, small, small group at the, at the start. Um, not that many, but it was enough to, to gather feedback on and learn from. And then I think there might have been a post, somebody dropped a post in the CrossFit Affiliate Owners Group that summer and got a little more traction that way. Um, and then when the OPEX crew, you know, adopted True Coach, um, you know, that was a, a huge, huge driver um, in our growth as well. Like that, that really accelerated it uh, big time at the start. Uh, and then br brought on my co-founder, Robbie, who started full-time January, 2016. And we started investing in uh, digital acquisition and uh, spot, like paid, paid media really early on, even when we had really low budgets, just to gather that data and learn. And, you know, it's been kind of a combination of word of mouth referrals and driving growth through paid acquisition. I think uh, the split's about 50-50 on, uh, on where we get our customers. NPS scores are, are really high. I think close to 70 is where they've, they've hovered since the beginning. Um, yeah, and happy, happy customers are, are a great, uh, great source of, of our growth. If, if you had to redo it, if you had to go back to 2015 and redo it, knowing what you know now, what, yeah. would, you have, what would you have done differently? Um, raise more money, hired and built a bigger team, you know, been more aggressive. Obviously things worked out great, but uh, I think, you know, just looking back, um, you know, the, the, there, there's huge validation, you know, kind of what we've done. And I think uh, um, investing heavier would have, would have uh, paid off for sure. Were there any specific areas where you guys felt like you didn't have the resources you needed um, to deliver the product you wanted to, especially in those early years? Yeah, you know, uh, I think mobile was probably the biggest area where where we were kind of not where we wanted to be, you know. Um, so 90% of our users are on iOS. And when, uh, when we had the chance to hire our first mobile developer, um, this is before React Native was popular, which is a cross a popular cross platform development tool. Uh, we had to bet on one platform. You know, obviously that was going to be iOS. 
And, uh, you know, Android definitely got the, the short end of the stick there, unfortunately. I think going back, you know, I think raising more money, being able to hire more developers um, and, you know, hire an Android developer sooner or multiple Android developers sooner um, would be one thing that I would do differently. I think uh, teams of one can be challenging. I think going back, if I ever had the chance to um, not have a team of one, I would definitely definitely choose that. Did you did you uh, when you first got this thing going? Were your intentions to sell one day? No, I really just wanted to solve a problem, and yeah. I didn't care. You know, I had no idea what the business was going to turn into. I didn't know if it was going to be something just that was going to be big enough to support me working full time on it only. Um, you know, I would have been very thrilled, very happy, very fulfilled with that, you know, to be like building tools for, uh, for coaches, um, very passionate about that. So, um, very lucky that it evolved to be bigger than that. And, you know, really we had no intentions of selling really. Um, so for, I guess for people that people are listening, I might, I know we got acquired early, early 2020, early this year, kind of right before COVID COVID hit. Um, and we thought, you know, we, we knew kind of ultimately like, yeah, it'd be great to, you know, to, to exit one day and, um, you know, make, make our employees and our investors very happy, but, uh, yeah, I had no idea that was going to happen this soon. Would the, would the valuation have been a lot higher if it was after COVID or during <laughs> COVID? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So, cause you guys, you guys exploded, man, you guys exploded. Yeah, we're, I think, geez, double the size uh, that we were coming into the year. Um, so definitely seen some some rapid growth. I think, you know, right after lockdown hit, there was a period of a few weeks where we were seeing four times the number of daily signups than, uh, than normal. And also uh, a lot more, a lot of upgrades, people needing bigger accounts because you know, while gyms were closed, training people online was the only way that a trainer was going to be able to, to train their clients. So I'm not sure if, if uh, you know, the number would be higher now versus pre-COVID. Um, you know, our, our, our growth has definitely been great since then. We definitely have more users, but, you know, the market's a little more shaky now. Uh, valuations on companies are a little bit lower. So, you know, who knows how it would have worked out. I'm just really curious, Casey, like what were the factors that got you to the point where you were able to do this so much uh, sooner than you might have expected? Um, selling the company, I mean. I think every step along the way was surrounding ourselves with great people, whether that was investors or mentors and advisors, um, and also the, the team. Um, that was a you know, huge, huge component for sure. So for, I think we talked about this before we hit the record button, but you just, uh, you're, you're resigning from, from True Coach, right? Yep, moving on. Yeah, so my last day is, I don't know when this is gonna air, but uh, my last day will be September 30th. So it's uh, time for me to move on. I think, um, you know, I need to be in a startup environment. That's uh, where my, my strengths lie. Um, leading, uh, you know, leading uh, uh, a team, leading a building, you know, I really love the early stages because you get to move fast. And um, yeah, the, the bigger kind of corporate life, 
um, just wasn't for me, even though our, our acquirers are, are great, you know, they, they got a great thing going. Um, it's just not a fit for what I like to be doing and, uh, kind of the skill set that I've, I've developed over the last few years. What are the biggest changes in, in being in a, or the biggest differences in being a, in a startup environment versus a, let's just call it a more corporate environment? Yeah. So the biggest, um, you know, and you'll hear everybody talk about this, but is speed. So startups can move fast and, uh, you know, a, a, a startup with a smaller team can oftentimes outcompete an incumbent, a much bigger incumbent with a bigger team and a lot more resources. Um, and a big reason of that uh, is, you know, startup can just move so much faster. And I feel like startups should take advantage of that for as long as possible, uh, move fast and, uh, Build, build cool stuff. Are there any trade-offs to that, to that fast pace uh, that you get with a startup? Yeah, you know, I think probably stability is the, the biggest one. You know, a lot, startups attract people that like to take risks. Um, you know, most startups fail and, uh, you know, things can go to zero very easily. Um, so you are taking a risk now. The payoff can be can be nice if you you know if you do well, get lucky. Um, yeah, I think the biggest trade off is is you know you give up you give up some risk for for stability at uh, you know kind of a more more corporate gig. So does that mean you are a risk taker then? Yeah, I'm definitely a risk taker. Okay. <laughs> um, started a couple businesses now, and uh, I like to surf big waves, like to chase deep powder. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a risk taker. I mean, we're hearing about the success right now, but have there been any uh, risks that haven't paid off over the years? Jeez, I don't know. I don't know if there has been yet. Um, had a good run so far. <laughs> Try to keep the streak alive. <laughs> I know you don't know. See, maybe that means I'm not taking big enough risks. <laughs> I, I know you don't know what you're doing uh, post true coach, but are you uh, are you looking to spin something else up? Are you looking to join a group that's getting something spun up, or are you just going to kind of take your time and you know see what opportunities present themselves for you? Yeah, I'm going to take my time. Um, you know, I think it it depends on the mission. If I find that. You know, I'm really passionate about about a particular mission, um, and that means joining a group and not being the the one in charge, the one leading. Then, um, you know, that could potentially be be very fulfilling. Um, I'd love to, you know, start my own business, start start another business someday. No idea what that is yet, but it's so much fun. Um, you you learn a ton. It's been one of the best experiences in my life the last six years. Have learned and, and grown so much. Met uh, met a lot of cool people. Um, been able to you know have a, a decent impact. Um, been able to you know help a lot of coaches earn more money and uh, build more fulfilling careers. Um, yeah, I'd love to and 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 build a great team. You know, create jobs and uh, create an environment where. You know, people love where they work and are excited to come to work and feel like they're learning and growing a ton. Um, yeah, it's it's such a cool, cool thing. And 
I hope that uh, that I have that opportunity again, you know, someday. But no rush and, and figuring out what's next. I'm gonna take my time. Having having already done it, man. Like, what what are you thinking about moving to the next one? Is it fulfillment? Is it mission? Is it you know? Does it have to be in fitness? Is it outside of fitness? Like, what what are your uh, what's your decision making process moving into the next venture? Yeah, I I really don't know yet. Um, I've thought some about that, but I really don't think I'm going to have much clarity until I can actually take a good amount of time off. Um, I, I think it could probably either go one of two ways. I could, I could start something and keep it really small and chill and low stress and do that or, uh, go even bigger the next time and shoot for, you know, an even even bigger outcome and build an even bigger business. So we'll see. I think it kind of depends on on what really fires me up. I think uh, something that's important is no matter what you do, pick something that you're super passionate about. You know, because building a business, I'm sure you all know, building a business, running a business is is hard, and there's all kinds of challenges and uh, roadblocks along the way. And if you're not passionate about what it is you're doing, you're going to quit and give up. So. Yeah, I think I think for me, being passionate is, you know, the biggest, biggest, uh, most important thing that uh, I'm going to care about and whatever comes next. What are you going to do with that time off? Like what's what's going to happen October 1st? You don't have to roll into work or onto Zoom. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm hoping to go on a surf trip, but it's kind of hard to really get too many places now. Hawaii has a 14-day self-quarantine. Flights to Nicaragua aren't open yet. Costa Rica is only letting a certain amount of states in. Um, can maybe get to Mexico or maybe somewhere else. So, uh, yeah, that's priority number one. Um, my wife and I are also working on starting a family. So that, uh, you know, who knows? I might be the stay-at-home dad. <laughs> um, and then uh, ski season is just right around the corner too. So hopefully there's lots of uh, lots of lots of powder in my future. We just we just got a place up in the mountains, so I'm hoping to spend a lot of time up there. What what if game for a second, Casey? What if you didn't sell True Coach? Um, let's say you know COVID happened. Um, you guys were still rolling. You had the opportunity to move fast. Where would you guys be, not today, but where would you guys be going relative to where you're at now? Like what, what would be the things that you would want to change within the company? Like would you guys get in the AI game a little bit more? Would you guys lean into a different uh, type of fitness? Like what, 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 was, what would the roadmap look like for you guys at True Coach? I think with COVID, online training kind of had its moment. You know, We've known about it for the last few years, but a lot of other people didn't take it seriously. And that was a huge validator into what, uh, you know, what we were doing. Um, and you've seen, you know, all kinds of new, new things in the space pop up, you know, just an hour ago, Apple announced their kind of fitness plus thing. I haven't had time to, to really learn a whole lot about what it is yet, but, um, looks like it's like a Peloton type competitor. Um, if we were independent, I think, we probably would have raised a good amount of money and just gotten 
way more aggressive and uh, really invested heavy in uh, building the team and uh, the product and uh, really gone big. So you guys would have essentially done the same thing, like your target market would have stayed the same, you just would have grown it. You know, there's so many things left to, left to still build. Um, there's so many ways we could do a better job on even the things I think we do a pretty good job at now. And uh, yeah, I think we'd, we'd be, you know, iterating on the platform and also looking at bigger bets that, that we wanted to take, you know, um, like a marketplace, for example, helping match people that want training with a coach on the platform. Um, that's something that, you know, we haven't been able to do up until now. Um, but, you know, if we were able to, to make a bigger bet, we would have, that would, would have definitely been one of the bets that, uh, that we would have, have placed. So with COVID hitting, you guys saw a big influx of trainers into True Coach. Uh, some of them would have had experience with individual design, but I'm guessing most of them hadn't done a lot of actual like program design for their clients before. Um, did that create like problems for how people were using the tool uh, and using, using the app? Um, no, I don't think that in and of itself created any problems. Um, you know, I think, you know, whether people are delivering customized, personalized one-on-one -on -one training or using the programs feature to deliver the same program to groups of people, uh, I think we kind of hit, hit both of, both of their needs. There have been some interesting scaling challenges though. Um, you know, with growth comes, uh, uh increased demand on, on your, your, your servers and hosting and your database and all that. So, you know, a good amount of our time the last six months has, has gone to really just make sure things stay running smooth. And uh, yeah, scales definitely exposed some some new and uh, more interesting bottlenecks and uh, things to to streamline. Casey, uh, your last two weeks there, we're experiencing massive amounts of freezing issues. So if you could fix that prior to leaving True Coach, that would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I know the team's hard at work on, on those particular issues. And I know we're making small improvements um, already over the last few weeks, but we're still still finding new new things and new causes. And uh, yeah, hoping to, hoping to have that remedied in the near future. Do you think that online training is something that is here to stay? Yeah, so I saw some figures on e-commerce, how e-commerce has seen five years worth of growth, um, you know, over the, over the, through the first six months of COVID. And I think the same thing's happening in online training. Um, I think a lot of people are realizing, you know, maybe uh, uh, this is a great fit for them. And uh, I don't see it. Uh, it's definitely not growing as fast as it was kind of right when we entered lockdown, but it's not going to slow down post COVID. It'll continue to grow. I think it forced trainers and coaches and gym owners to realize that if they wanted to build more resilient, more profitable businesses, then online training was going to have to be a service that they offered. Uh, they're just leaving too much on the, uh, too much money on the table to, to not offer it. Have you, Casey, have you guys hit your peak yet and you're coming down or are you still doing this with COVID? Still growing. Yeah. Things, I mean, we, we definitely hit the peak the first few weeks into COVID. 
but things are things are growing at the at the same rate pre-COVID, if not even still a little bit faster. Yeah, you guys are you guys are doing some uh, cool things, man. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people listening to this to this podcast are grateful that you decided to spin this thing thing up, man, because it makes a a lot of our lives really easy. Actually, we were we were on a our last uh, podcast with Todd Todd Neef. We were talking about you and and uh, Fitbot. And, uh, or sorry, it was with Jesse. Jesse. It was with mm-hmm. Jesse. And, uh, I told yeah. him he, he had a very similar story. He's like, man, I, I started to spin this thing up. And then this Casey guy comes around and he's already rolling with it. And I'm like, shit, you were doing that too. I was in South Carolina spinning something up with Joe Tabaldi. And then I saw this Fitbot thing and it was exactly what we were working on. So first to market, man, good, good work on you for that, man. But you guys have made it yeah. the first, you know, there were others on the on the market before us um and there's even more popping up on the market now especially since since covid you know i think that's that's only going to accelerate i think the space is only going to continue to to heat up with with new entrants into the space and it's going to be interesting next couple years to to see what happens um going back to the gratitude thing you know definitely flows both ways you know i'm super super grateful for all of uh the coaches on the platform um, that uh, that we've been able to to serve over the last six years. It's it's been awesome ride. Cool, yeah, man. In a much different way, but you know, I you know we we talked about it and what we're doing on our side with Coach RX, and it's it's easy for us because we're like, okay, we want to serve our coaches that we educate. So it's really simple. The decisions that we have to make. Um, it's like, you know, does this connect to OPEC CCP? And if it's no, it's not in it. Right. So God, I, I can only imagine the amount of things you're like, should this go in the system? Should this not go in the system? What should our roadmap really look like? So that's yeah. a, that's yeah. a tough spot. It's a fine line. I think it could be really, really great if, you know, you have a framework like CCP that you can plug into coach RX where it kind of acts as almost like guide rails for you to follow. And you could probably make decisions really quickly on what it is that, you know, you need to work on versus a product where, you know, maybe it needs to be more flexible to serve a variety of, of use cases that can uh, definitely get challenging. I know you've only got another couple weeks there, Casey, but are there any like products or services out there that you do see as being big challenges to to you guys, but then also to like the individual coach or gym that's working with their clients? You know, there's, there's new competitors popping up and, uh, um, you know, who knows what the, what the future holds, who knows, uh, you know, what, what they're going to be up to, what they're going to offer. Um, I think it could get, could get pretty interesting over the next few years. I don't think, you know, the rise of Peloton and Apple Fitness Plus and these other streaming services. Um, I don't I don't think trainers, coaches really have to worry too much about those. You know, it serves a different type of customer, different market. If anything, I think it'll only get more people into fitness, hopefully uh, get more people to take their their fitness and health seriously. And, um, you know, maybe uh, this maybe the Peloton and, and Fitness Plus could be a great feeder for for coaches. You know, people start off that way and then realize, oh, I need something more, I need something more, you know, personalized for me and my goals. What about like 
let's forget like Peloton uh, and Apple, but what about when we have uh, automation that is inside a true coach and spitting out perfect programs for clients? Like where does the coach fit into yeah, that? So I don't think people pay for the program, the sets and reps, or, you know, I don't think we're, that's where the majority of the value lies. Um, I think the majority of the value lies in the accountability and the human relationship. And that's one of the things I really liked about, you know, when we rebranded from FitBot to True Coach. I didn't feel like having bot in our name really honored the human element. I think True Coach kind of kind of spoke to that a lot better. Um, I think if anything, you know, AI and and smarter tools around programming design will just free coaches up to focus more on and everything else that that goes into it. There's so much that goes into coaching. It goes far beyond you. You, you know, this it goes far beyond just the, Hey, do you know, this exercise, this many sets and here's B1 and B2 and et cetera, et cetera. It, it goes way beyond that. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think coaches have anything to worry about with the rise of AI program workouts. If anything, it might make them more valuable because people will be looking more for that human connection. Yeah, it's it's funny, man, because we just we just got off of a CCP call, and that was a good good chunk of the conversation. Was like, you know, the principles and program design are there. We're never really recreating the wheel. We're just kind of going in the memory bank and like putting that stuff inside of True Coach. It's like if that is automated one day, awesome, right? But only week one is going to be automated. It's like if it's truly personalized, week two, three, four, five, like that will have to have some some level of human coach human interaction or touch to it to really understand, you know, what's right or not for that client. And like you said, it frees them up to not worry about spending, you know, three hours a week on a specific client designing a training program where they're not recreating anything new anyway. It's just like manual labor yeah. essentially. Yeah, you know, maybe those three hours a week they could spend towards, uh, you know, more one-on-one -on -one messaging and communication with their clients or working on their marketing funnel, working on their business. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's ultimately a great thing for the coach. Definitely. So Casey, what about your own fitness? What do you, what do you do? What does your true coach account look like? So you see I'm repping the big dog shirt. So I've been on the, uh, the bond wagon for, geez, maybe close to four years now. For context, that's Michael Ban. <laughs> Just people are like, what, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Michael Ban coaches you through big dogs. He has his own hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got started up with Michael almost four years ago. Um, and, you know, I've, I've done the, oh, let me try and, you know, compete and be as fit as possible. I'm, uh, you know, 36 now. So, you know, those, those days where I, I really care a lot about that are, are over these days. I really just want to, I want to be strong. I want to look good, move good, feel good. Uh, I want to be able to, you know, jump on a mountain bike, a snowboard, a surfboard, play basketball, and, you know, do all the other things I like to do too. Um, and with real, you know, a focus on health and, uh, uh, not so much the competitive side of things, although that, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe one day I'll, I'll get, you know, back into that. But um, yeah, I came into it too with, 
with uh, kind of some some chronic back and hip stuff. You know, I think when I first started working with Michael, um, you know, th my things are pretty things are pretty bad to where you know more than 225 pounds on the bar, I would get nervous and picking it up. Cause I was like, Ooh, I, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna feel good. And, you know, I was way strong enough to, to like lift it. Um, used to like touch and go that weight on power cleans and stuff. But, uh, yeah, things, things got bad to worry. There were a lot of, uh, a lot of times, a lot of muscle spasms and, you know, definitely time periods where, you know, it was really hard to just even walk um, when things were at their worst. Now, um, you know, we've 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 made a lot of progress there. I wouldn't say it's completely gone yet. Um, maybe uh, who knows what the next few months hold? If uh, once my stress lowers even even more, uh, if that'll continue to improve. But um, yeah, when I started with him, I I got nervous seeing two twenty five on a barbell. Um, now we deadlift twice a week and, uh, pulled, uh, close to 400 a few months back, which, you know, not a PR, not the most I've ever done, but, um, this feels great to be able to deadlift without getting nervous or anxious back squat again. And, um, yeah, that's been, that's been a lot of fun, really fulfilling. And he's been able to help me a ton with that. Was it like the kind of training lifestyle around it? Like what, what changed? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of everything, and I would say mostly lifestyle. So, um, you know, the training is definitely less intense than it was before. I would say we lift weights three, four days a week with some type of conditioning um, on those days. And I try and get on a get outside, you know, hike, bike, snowboard um, a couple other days each week, play basketball. Um, but yeah, big focus on, on the, on the lifestyle pieces for sure. I just, I just imagine you pulling up your true coach and being overly critical on what's happening in the platform rather than worrying about A, B and C inside of your training program. Oh yeah. I've logged many bugs while working <laughs> out. <laughs> it's the best way to do it, man. Actually get in there and use it. I know y'all are more than, you know, you, you're more than just CrossFit. you you know, you don't, uh, you know, only cater to that, but um, a large part of your audience are CrossFit coaches and people that want to compete in high level uh, CrossFit competitions. Yeah. What are your thoughts around the, the new leadership there? Yeah, I think from a company standpoint, it's uh, it's promising, right? Because, I mean, you know, the history between us and CrossFit and it's it's not been a good one. So, you know, right. I'll just leave it there. But uh, you know, just communicating with, with uh, Eric over email. Uh, it seems like that's all done, right? And uh, yeah, we're, it's, it's promising, man. So, you know, from a company standpoint, we're excited about it because, you know, it's like, you know, like you said, a lot of our audience is, is a part of that community. So to be able to collaborate with those guys on things and to be at their events and all of that going forward is going to be a really uh, positive thing for us. Um, yeah. From a personal side and just like, you know, the, the change and everything that's going on, I think it's I think it's pretty it's it's good, right? You know, outside of outside of all of the politics behind it and all of that stuff, just uh, you know the restructuring of the season and stuff like that. And I think it feels good because it feels like it's going back to quote unquote normal because it's what we're used to. Um, but I think uh, I think a lot of positives are coming out of that right now. 
Yeah, it's the first time I've been excited about CrossFit as a brand in probably six, seven years. And it was tough, you know, the last year or so of being an affiliate owner and really not being excited and jazzed up about, you know, CrossFit. Uh, that was that was challenging. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, there couldn't be a better a better person um, than Eric to to lead CrossFit. He's a great fit. And, you know, we had a chance to work with him over the last uh, almost two years. He was our lead investor in our seed round. And uh, we met with him every week and he's, he's, he was crucial. He's, he's awesome. What makes you, obviously Eric's a great guy, but what do you think he's actually going to put in place that will, uh, that's getting you excited? Yeah, I, I don't know yet, but, um, you know, I imagine there's just so much opportunity and, you know, he's going to breathe some new life into the brand and, uh, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm hoping for, uh, you know, I, I definitely still want them to, you know, to do the games. I want the games to, to, to grow and be a, a, a massive success. But um, for me, you know, where I'm at personally these days, I'm more excited about the, the health and wellness and fitness side of things. So I'm hoping, uh, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for, I think, some better branding around that. I'm hoping for more quality control within CrossFit, you know, so we had, we had a member that had never worked out a day in his life, was a member for three months and then, uh, moved away three months later, moved back and was opening his own affiliate. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure we all have, you know, a lot of stories like that, you know, where someone goes from, uh, you know, not working out, finding CrossFit, falling in love, being super passionate about it, their hearts in the right place, but you know, maybe they shouldn't be programming workouts and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, I think I'm hoping for a little more personalization and individualization within CrossFit. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I think there's just so much more room to, uh, you know, y'all know this, y'all are big on the personalization aspect of fitness. Every human's different. Um, so we'll see, I don't know, you know, I don't know what's in store, but, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I think the I think that latter comment. I think that's going to be challenging for them, right? Because they would have to change essentially who they are, right? And you know, the constantly varied, high intensity, whatever comes after that. I can never remember it, but functional you know, movement. Yeah, there you go. So all of that, it's like you know, how do you how do you shift that up to you know how do you put personalization or personalized or what the human needs or something like that in there? Um, so I think that'll be challenging, but I I would love to see them have a more clear and consistent message right where it's like because you mentioned it in the same sentence right you're like you know i'm all for the you know crossfit games and the competitive stuff but i'm really looking forward to the health and wellness stuff so it's like you know is it going to be a brand and a sub brand is it you know are the are those two brands going to have two different missions or you know are they going to do what they've always tried to do and try to put that into one mission where it just starts to get weird right because it's like the outcomes are so different where it's like, how do you have one mission that lead to the, to two bipolar outcomes? So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do there, and I'm sure it's going to take some time for you know Eric and those guys to get their feet underneath them because they have a lot to yeah, clean up. Sure. But yeah, yeah, and I know even the last few years, um, the previous leadership spoke a lot about you know CrossFit health, uh, kind of 
talking about that side of things, but I don't think we saw any of it really materialize or develop into anything tangible. So I'm excited to, I'm, I'm excited to see where things are at five years from now in CrossFit. I think it's, uh, uh, I'm very bullish on, on the future. Cool. Thanks, Casey. We appreciate it, man. Stay with us for more Backroom Talk. Yeah, that was a good conversation. I mean, it was it was good to kind of chat with him to see, you know, what the evolution of Fitbot into True Coach was, how much work it was to get that thing going, and just to understand the things that he would have done differently. Um, you know, he just they just sold the company back in, gosh, I think it was March, right before COVID, and they sold it for a lot of money. And uh, it didn't seem like he got this thing up and rolling to, to, you know, make millions and millions of dollars off of it. So it was kind of cool to see work really hard, build something that, you know, there was a demand for, uh, please all of the customers inside of there, and then you come out of the other end successful. Indeed. I mean, that's awesome for him. And it was really interesting just to get like a bit of a backstory and hear from him what the early days of Fitbot, now True Coach, uh, were like. I think we so take it for granted that it's this thing we pull up on our computers or on our iPhones and it's just there and we use it and that's how coaching is, but it wasn't always that way. So uh, yeah, really interesting to hear the process of getting that up and running uh, with that initial group of coaches and uh, yeah, great for him that it's blown up over the years, how it has. Yeah, and he also mentioned that this is going to be his last month as CEO of True Coach, so he he just resigned. So. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll be fine. He's built something that, you know, they can just take a hold of and keep evolving over time. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes next and if he goes to, you know, start a completely new company. And if he does, is it inside of fitness or outside of fitness? So yeah, excited to see where that goes. Definitely for him and then for True Coach as well. Like, are they going to keep down the path of providing the best platform for like fitness coaches, for people like us to be mm. able to serve their clients? Are they going to get more into like the like AI world yep. and uh, really just try to scale the heck out of this thing? I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see the way that goes. Yeah, on our side, we kind of felt we felt the former a little bit, where it was like, oh, maybe they're not going to really dig into what we need them to do for us and our coaches specifically, and that's why we had to make that decision, where it was like, okay, we need to build this thing for ourselves and for our coaches to use specifically. Because who knows what their roadmap looks like, you know, two years down the road, our system may not work inside of that. And I wanted to ask Casey that, but it seems like he's not a part of the, the next two or five year roadmap. So um, it, it will be interesting, interesting to see where True Coach goes in that as well. Indeed. And like, not to do an obvious plug, but you did mention Coach RX a couple times mm -hmm. in the conversation with Casey. Could you just give us a quick little synopsis of what that is? Yeah, so essentially what Coach RX is today is it's a platform that we built for our coaches to house their clients' data. So, you know, uh, assessment data, consultation data, notes, program design, planning, uh, you know, long-term periodization into daily planning. Uh, but what we don't have into in it today is what uh, True Coach allows us to do, which is to actually design training programs and send them off to our clients. So, um, you know, when we figured, because what we wanted to do initially is we wanted to kind of marry the two, True Coach and Coach RX, and allow, you know, our coaches and our clients to stay inside of True Coach and kind of just get this plugged in with uh, with Coach RX. And that just wasn't a possibility, at least over the next couple of years. So we decided to do exactly what True Coach is doing on the workout side. And we're going to add some cool stuff that's 
very specific to our market and that connects with CCP very specifically with exercise and nutrition and behavior and all of that into one system. And it'll, it'll replace True Coach for our coaches and our clients. Yeah, I'm really interested to see uh, what Steve, our developer, is able to spin up relative yeah. to what Casey did uh, with True Coach. Yeah, it's a challenge to not make it look like True Coach, right? But it's like, you know, they did things so well on the workout development side. And, you know, to be quite frank, like we had a lot to do with that. Our coaches and at OPEX and Big Dogs, you know, provided a lot of feedback to make mm -hmm. True Coach what it is today. So it's like we're obviously still thinking about those same things when we're building our platform. So there will be a lot of similarities, but there will be differences, especially for our coaches and the language that we speak and the things that we prescribe. And we'll have some educational aspects inside of that system as well, where we're actually educating clients on why they're being prescribed something instead of just a coach saying, you know, go ahead and drink this many ounces of water without any context. Yeah, which I think, not to get too lengthy, but with uh, where true coaches right now and the flood of coaches that are getting in, into it, I do think that's a problem if mm -hmm. they don't have education behind them and like quick and easy education that's there for them when they're actually writing those programs to their yeah. clients. Like we're going to see a real watering down of the quality of the programs being spat out and we care about yeah. the quality, yeah, yeah. you know, our mission as a company is to raise the value of a fitness coach and to help every person do their ideal version of fitness and a program like True Coach or Coach RX is really an important part of that, but there has to be that education and quality control along with it. Yeah, for sure.